0: Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? JLD here, and welcome to episode 1424 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. And we're going to talk with today's guest today, Peter Sage. Peter, are you prepared to ignite Oh,
1: absolutely. We, we yes. were born to be on fire.
0: <laughs> Peter is a serial entrepreneur, success coach, author, speaker, and philosopher. Having left school at 16 with no qualifications, he started 27 businesses in nearly as many years. Half of those were started with no money, some field majestically, and two dozen were successful and several grew to eight figures. Peter, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us just a little glimpse of your personal life.
1: <laughs> I love to be able to to contribute and add value. It wasn't always that way, obviously. You know, I think most of the businesses I grew up with focused on trying to cover up insecurities to prove to the world I was good enough. But yeah, you suddenly realize that that's a pretty lonely road. So yeah, my personal life, I'm, yeah, I've got uh, several, uh, I guess, extreme sports, as a lot of you know, high end business uh, sort of junkies do. Uh, you know, I skydive to relax. You know, oh, I, I have a couple of Jack Russells that are my, my heart and joy next to my fiance, Thea. And, uh, and really, uh, my life is lived on an airplane as uh, I guess a lot of people's is these days at that level. And, um, yeah, it's always nice just to, to take time out and appreciate where we are rather than chase the rabbit. Well, anybody that
0: does that kind of jumping out of a plane to relax, uh, that's definitely the kind of guy that we want to have on EO Fire for sure, Peter. So glad you're joining us today. Absolutely. Now, what we'd like to do before we jump into your journey and really kind of talk about, you know, how you've majestically failed in some of these businesses and then how you've just absolutely crushed it with others. We'd like to talk about revenue and specifically how you're generating revenue today in your world. So how does that
1: happen? I've sold off or ceased trade on virtually all of my businesses about a year and a half, two years ago, to focus on one thing, which is really giving my message uh, to other entrepreneurs. And so that has always been a hobby, been a bit of passion as a, as a speaker, as a, as a coach, as a mentor. And I decided that you know, having listened to enough messages uh, of the universe tapping you on the shoulder. That I would actually turn that into my actual full-time business rather than just have pursued it as a hobby over the last 15 plus years. So right now, my, my revenue generation is always follows the same principle as I believe everybody should, which is understanding that revenue is nothing more than a byproduct or a consequence of adding value to the market. Yeah, nothing in business happens until something is sold and something is only sold if you're adding value to people. And so for me right now, we're adding as much value as I can in the form of yeah, some of the uh, events that I'm doing in the form of a lot of the coaching and mentoring, a lot of the upscaling that we're doing online. I'm really just offering uh, as much uh, benefit to people in as many different formats as possible. That's where my main focus is right now.
0: I resonate with that message of value so much. In fact, one of my touchstones, Peter, a quote that I just live by is Albert Einstein's quote, try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. And I see a lot of people, myself included, for the first 32 years of my life, I was just trying to chase success. And because of that, I wasn't focusing on providing value, and therefore success wasn't coming. But flip that on its head, just focus on delivering value, value, value then the success can follow fire nation. So great message, Peter. And let's kind of take that and move into our first real story of the day. And again, you've had some majestic failures. So this might be tough for you to choose just one, but if you could take us to your worst entrepreneurial moment to date, what would that moment be? Tell us that story.
1: Well, I mean, b- before I do, John, one thing I think I'd highlight here is that that's always a moving target, based upon the fact that you know many of the the bends in the river of life are ultimately seen as shortcuts further down the line. Yeah, you know, that the hindsight look on that is great. But, yeah, so some of the the most, I guess, debilitating failures that I was enduring at the time turned out to be some of the greatest gifts that I had. So that's always a moving target. Uh, I think most people can relate to that. You know, there's a lot of times we go, well, thank goodness that happened. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this now. And we can probably apply that to almost everything six months down the line. So as it stands at the moment, my philosophy is that if something bad happens or is an unforeseen bend in the river, as every river's bend then my, my, my sort of self-talk now is, why would I wait six months in order to recognize the benefit <laughs> if I know it's already coming? So you know, But if I go back to some of the early days where that wasn't really the philosophy that I was grounded in as, as, so much, uh, I can still remember the emotional pain uh, of several uh, you know, different c- circumstances. But I'll give you the, the, the one that I guess stands out the most. And, and that is you know, the first time I actually lost a business and had to make people redundant. And I think I was 24 years old, something like that. I had about uh, just under 20 staff, I think 17 different staff uh, at the time. And yeah, I lost the business uh, because we were, you know, we'd actually suffered a bad debt yeah and you know at the time I was a little bit resentful of the the company that owed us the money and you know, as a result we couldn't go to uh, and, and pay uh, obligations and therefore the business closed i mean now i know that yeah, you know, the, there's only one reason that businesses fail and it's not the story or the circumstances behind what we think the story is it's always the fact that they're mismanaged yeah, I mismanaged the, you know, whether it was the you know, credit lines or the cash flow, it doesn't matter. Yeah, businesses go out of business because they're mismanaged. And so now I, I look at that as a different sense of responsibility. But the responsibility that hit me hardest at that point was having to walk in to my office for the first time and explain to 17 people whose mortgages were relying on my ability to generate value the fact that that wasn't going to happen this week. Uh, and I remember walking upstairs thinking, whoa, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a born entrepreneur. I, I can live on dog food if I have to. That's part of the game. But when you've got other people that don't have that ability to live with a heightened sense of uncertainty, as most entrepreneurs must, you know, must have or develop, then it's not fair to have that imposed on them due to my mistakes and mismanagement. And that was really a, a, poor, you know, a, a poor memory for me at the time because I felt so low, really because I'd let other people down more than myself.
0: I love this message because Fire Nation, for me as the entrepreneur, I'm a huge believer in that 100% responsibility of what happens with my business is going to be on my shoulders because this is my business and there's going to be extenuating circumstances there's going to be this is going to be that but you know in peter's case and you know this is just kind of my outside perspective but you know if one bad business debt can can take down your whole company then you're probably not managing your company in a really successful way and that's going to be the case over and over again and until you just say hey how can i actually create a business that can not just survive but thrive when a number of things go wrong and so that's a really important message peter that i kind of took away from your story but what do you want to make sure fire nation gets from that
1: moment failure various levels is inevitable yeah nobody walks into a casino and yeah, and hits the, the spin every single time that's just not the probability of life and there's a reason for that you know, we we grow through our, our failures i class my failures as my greatest capital yeah and if we are firing off um, different emotional responses to it that are essentially debilitating for us or beating ourselves up because we've got our self our self mista- worth mistakenly hooked to our net worth. Then you know, we're going to avoid taking the the harder decisions or, or the risks required to go out and be the entrepreneurs we were born to be next time. And so, you know, the the lesson I took from that was, you know, I I was down for obviously for for a few weeks, and then I started to realize that well, at the end of the day, people aren't fragile. Yeah, these people are going to go out and find other jobs, or, or be on their own journey. That's you know, they're they're living and starring in the movie of their life. I've done what I could do, and if I carry that sense of guilt due to your obligation, you know, the three killers that, that stop productivity, through into my next business, then I'm not going to be able to give my gift at the extent where I could then create something that they could come and re-participate in. For example, which several did. So really, the, the, the lesson for me there was, although you know, I say I take total responsibility now for any decision that happens, uh, regardless of whether the story supports it being somebody else to quote unquote blame, which never works, then you know, it, there's always uh, a way of being able to treat the bends in the river as the shortcuts, not the distractions. And yeah, that's, that's part of the game of being able to emotionally mature as an entrepreneur, which is a choice you know, we, we all get to mature biologically. We don't get to vote on that no matter how many creams or you know, vitamins you want to take. Right. But, you know, maturing emotionally is a choice. And you know, I just was very grateful I didn't stay stuck in that sort of self-pity mode, which I, I wallowed in for a few weeks uh, before I sort of got my act together and went out and started swinging the bat again.
0: I class my failures as my greatest capital. Fire Nation, that is just such a good mindset to live by. Now let's do a little bit of a shift, Peter, and let's talk about one of your greatest aha moments to date. I mean, listen, a person who started 27 businesses, you have aha moments for breakfast, but <laughs> choose one of them that you think will value, be of value to our listeners and tell us
1: that story. This is probably one of the most powerful lessons that I've had or aha moments in business. And I take you back to, I think I was 25 years old. I was working between 130 and 133 hours a week.
0: Just real quick, Peter, I've always had to ask the question, like, what does that look like when there's 133 hours that you're working a week? Like, what does the day to day look like?
1: The alarm goes off at somewhere around about, you know, 445. Uh, I'm in the office for 530. Uh, I managed to get enough work done before the zoo arrives at 830 to 9. And uh, then firefighting constantly until around about you know, eight o'clock when most of the evening shift have, have gone or the late shift have gone. I then you know, uh, luckily can get uh, most of my work done that I wanted to focus on till about midnight. You know, I try and wind down a little bit from there till about one o'clock, leave the office, get into home for about two a.m. to you know get my three hours sleep to do it all again. Wow. Okay. Thanks for that. I just I needed that visual. But keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And anybody listening, that is not a recommendation. <laughs> Uh, no, and again, I was driving so hard because I was uh, p- trying to prove to the world as a young man that I was good enough. You know, I was, I was, w- and the aha ties in with something what I call, you know, trying to break the curse of the white rabbit and that all, all will be revealed. But I remember driving home one night at about two o'clock in the morning, as usual, and I fell asleep. I was exhausted and I hit an intersection at 60 miles an hour, uh, which you know certainly woke me up. And in more than one way and luckily i wasn 't hurt too badly. Uh, thankfully, nobody else was involved at any level and I remember sitting at the side of the road, you know just in shock, waiting for the tow truck to thinking, "Whoa, hang on a minute." What just happened? I mean, what just happened? Yeah, not the fact, okay, I fell asleep and I I hit an intersection, but what, what was the build up? And there's certain times, John, where you get to a point in your life where you're staring in the mirror and you're finally asking honest questions, but more importantly, you're not actually afraid of the answers anymore. And it was that moment in my life where I sat down and I realized, that I was building a monster that was trapping me. You know, I got eight businesses running all with different overheads, budget staff, you know, people and and agendas and, and priorities and stress. And you know, I was I was completely absorbed in chasing the more to try to fill this gap inside that would never be filled no matter how many businesses I had. And I call it the curse of the white rabbit. And this was the aha moment. Yeah, and I use an analogy here that I think the the listeners will find useful. And yeah, if you take a, a greyhound track, and yeah, we're familiar with with uh, dog racing, and yeah, the dogs the trap opens and the dogs go chasing after the rabbit. That's how most entrepreneurs are when it comes to goal setting. You know, I've got my rabbit in my sights, bang, I'm out of there. You know, hell for leather, and off I go. Now, if you take the analogy of the dog track, yeah, the dog will never catch the rabbit not because it's not fast enough, not because it doesn't have the right diet or the best trainer or sleeps in the best kennel. It'll never catch the rabbit by design. And you you see entrepreneurs that are chasing these rabbits. Now, we call them goals, but it's not about the goal. Why? Because we know when we actually catch that particular rabbit that we call the goal, there's a temporary feeling of relief or, or satisfaction but it doesn't last. And very soon there's another white fluffy tail that appears and we go off chasing that. And that was the goal that you know I was or the path, the hamster wheel, if you like, uh, uh, I was on for many years. It's like, oh, when I get my first million, then I'll have made it. And guess what? I get my first million and I don't feel I've made it. I'm still empty inside at some level. You know, I have this sense of temporary relief uh, that I've got the goal, this ten- sense of temporary satisfaction, but that has, I believe, far more to do with the fact I'm no longer running yeah. And I can take a breath. Then it does the actual uh, acquiring of that goal, because guess what? Yeah. A week, a month, whatever it is down the line, I'm unfulfilled still. And I go off chasing my next rabbit. And so, yeah, for me, if if I'm uh, thinking, oh, wow, I need my uh, get my first million. I get there and I think, well, I'm still unhappy. Of course, I know what it is. I need my two million <laughs> in case I lose the first. Yeah, And now it's five and then it's 10 uh, and so on. And that game never ends. And I see so many entrepreneurs with so much talent focused in so much direction on a fast track to a heart attack or desperately climbing the mountain of success only to get to the top and want to jump off because what they thought was going to be there isn't. And the reason for that is because yeah, the, you cannot catch the rabbit of fulfillment by running on the track of achievement. And if you take the analogy of the dogs, yeah, you get a, a greyhound at the end of the race and you look at them, they're ecstatic. Yeah, you, you don't get a greyhound and say, listen, I've I've, I've run three races. I've even won the last two. I've still never caught that rabbit. I quit. <laughs> no. yeah. Greyhounds are ecstatic at the end because they got to do what they were born to do. They got to run. That's their expression. Entrepreneurs build businesses because that's what we are born to do. It's a natural um, vehicle for us to express the latent talents within us. But if we link that to I have to get this goal, I have to get this turnover, I have to hit my report, uh, quarterly reports, I have to do these targets, I have to have this level of of you know, stature, we are chasing an external you know, um, uh, goal to try to fill an internal gap, and those are mutually exclusive. So my bigger ha moment was recognizing the fact that whoa. You know, what just nearly killed me literally was actually, again, one of my greatest gifts, because in order to break the curse of the white rabbit, we have to come to a conclusion. And it takes many levels of awareness. You know, many people may hear this now intellectually, but it may not be the right time to hear it emotionally. Uh, And that is that you break the curse of the white rabbit, John, by recognizing you already are that which you seek. Now, once you come to that awareness, you're free to go chase as many rabbits as you want. Yeah, the girl or guy of your dreams, your, your, your business, your car, your whatever it is. But you're not doing it to try to validate yourself in the eyes of others. You're doing it because it's a natural expression of going and giving your gift to the world, generating that much value so that you create enough revenue to go and have that as a byproduct or a consequence. But it isn't validating you. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense.
0: And Fire Nation, I hope that you're just getting the value bombs that Peter's dropping time and time again. I mean, I just had to stop writing down notes because I was just taking too many. And I'm like, this is insane. So just go back and listen to this section again, because this will inspire you to get some clarity in your life on your journey, because that's what it's really all about. You need to recognize now in the present moment, like, where am I mentally and where do I want and need to be? And and one phrase that you did use, Peter, that I loved was that you were building a monster that was killing you. I mean, how many entrepreneurs are doing that right now? How many listeners right now are building this monster, and it's it's killing you, like slowly but surely. And that is just not the way that we want to spend our days, our time. Now, Peter, what would you, if you were to be honest with our listeners, say your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur is today?
1: Not the inability, but the habit of looking at things more strongly through my perspective and model of the world, rather than taking time to appreciate... The person I'm either speaking to or giving, you know, instructions to or what have you. I think sometimes I can steamroller, yeah, you know, because I'm so loaded with ideas and excitement, and enthusiasm, or I already see 25 moves ahead on the chessboard, you know, and I know where I want to put this play. And so I, I'm, I kind of go in probably sometimes a little too heavy on my own agenda, and I have to stop and take a breath with that to appreciate, you know, the you know, the other the other shoes and the other mindset on how that's received. And you know, I've, I've not been asked that question uh, before, certainly for a while, so that made me. Think thing there, John. thank
0: you <laughs> yeah you're welcome I kind of look at it as the curse of knowledge in some ways you know when we just have learned so much and we just take certain things for granted we just assume others do as well so we do kind of have that steamroll effect where we just say this and that they're like whoa, whoa like your four moves down the, the pot here I don't even understand what your first move was and that's why it's so important fire nation to you know be just understanding of whom you're speaking with and you know the message you're trying to get across so on the flip side Peter what's your biggest strength
1: I would say vision I see things uh, from a a level where, you know, I know what I'm creating. I can, I can feel it. It it exudes through every single pore in my body. I'm, I I have total alignment with my thinking center and my feeling center. Yeah, two predominant centers in the body. And the second you get those out of alignment, you lose conviction and authenticity. So if, you know, I, I know where I'm going, I feel it. It's who I am. It's what I do. Uh, And at that level of conviction, doors open before you get to them. Yeah, and, and not from a, an arrogant place of you know, uh, you know get out of the way. That's that that's not the energy. It's it's a total congruency. It's it's kind of the you know, uh, to, to to give a, a contrast in terms of the, the the physicality. You imagine someone like Gandhi in India. Not that I'd ever compare myself to to one of you know, one of the greatest you know living you know, or past leaders in in history, but um, yeah, just the presence of knowing the conviction. Yeah, with this tiny little guy in a loincloth that, yeah, superseded the might of a million British soldiers. Yeah, because of that level of total clarity and and unwavering ability to believe. Uh, And I think when I've got a vision that I want to build and and I'm I'm on a mission right now to reinvent the entire personal development industry because I feel it's fundamentally flawed and broken in so many ways. Uh, And to, to have that move forward, it's I don't care if it's four o'clock in the morning. I don't care if it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm energized. It isn't a grind. You're not swimming through treacle because the the reason you're doing this is to try to fill a void, to prove to the world you're good enough, to try and demonstrate to your business studies teacher that you know he was wrong or the fact that you know, you can compete with your big brother who you perceive is more successful, none of that stuff it's it's independent of that it comes from an inspired source not a motivated source and i think there's a big difference between the two you know motivation is it's like it's like willpower it's it's a turbo button on a car you press it when you need it and it's great for getting out of trouble you know if you're sluggish in the morning you need to press the willpower button occasionally to get out that's fine we have down days but if you run a car constantly in in you know with the turbo on you're going to wear it out and it has a time limit, whereas inspiration is different. Inspiration pulls you from within. And I see that the, the difference is very clear. Is your why bigger than you? If you're doing this for your own reasons, as we said, that's the curse of the white rabbit. That'll keep you on a track until you have a heart attack or realize that that rabbit's never going to get caught. But if you're doing it for something bigger than you, and that motivates or sorry, that inspires you so much more because, hey, go, go to something like the New York Marathon. Yeah, every year you'll see people running for the first time. I'm not talking about the pro athletes that do it, you know, for fun, for a living. I'm talking about people that this was a big goal. And for many people, physically, that is a big goal if they've never ran a marathon before. But there's more people. That run a marathon for the first time, that are doing it for a cause bigger than them—a a charity, uh, for a fallen colleague or a comrade, or you know, to raise money or awareness for something they believe in—and that's what drives them through the the months and months of training. When if you're doing it for yourself out of ego, so you can brag to somebody in a bar that you ran a marathon, yeah, that, I've I've been there. That 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 doesn't last <laughs> very long, you know. So yeah, I, I would say the biggest strength is is a vision backed now by something that's more ethnocentric rather than a lot of the insecurities and ego that was driving me in my early business career that was obviously more, you know, sort of self-centric.
0: Is your why bigger than you? Again, Fire Nation, a lot of what Peter's saying here is gonna come from you going to a quiet place, sitting down, giving yourself some space, some time, just some quietness to think and to say, hey, where am I in this world right now? And like, where am I driving towards? And is this the path that I actually want to be on? Now, if you think that Peter has been dropping value bombs thus far, Fire Nation, just wait for the lightning rounds. We're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. Behind every successful business is a team of talented and driven individuals, and these individuals can be hard to come by. If you're looking for quality candidates who can help you create and grow a successful business, then posting your job in one place isn't enough. In order to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter. All with a single click. You can also find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and qualified candidates will start to roll into Zip Recruiter's easy to use interface. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. And one more time, Fire Nation, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. I remember launching eofire.com back in June of 2012. That was such an exciting day. And I also remember the site being down for several hours when one of the servers crashed at the hosting company I was using, Yikes. That was not an exciting day. If you're a small business owner, digital entrepreneur or freelancer, visit hostpapa.com slash fire to check out what our friends at hostpapa have to offer. And because they're fans of this podcast, they're offering our listeners 15% off new shared hosting accounts. Just enter our code fire at checkout for a 15% discount. That's host papa.com slash fire and use the code fire to get 15% off powerful, reliable, and secure website hosting for small business owners just like you. Peter, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Perception of opportunity at a young age.
0: What's the best advice you've ever received?
1: Stop worrying about what other people think and follow your passion. Can you
0: share one personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: My morning routine, getting up at 5 a.m. and focusing for three hours on my own inner world. Can you share an internet resource like
0: an Evernote with Fire Nation?
1: Anything that organizes you better in today's noisy world.
0: If you could recommend just one book, what would it be and
1: why? Depends on the level of the listener. And I'm going to take a go out on a limb here. Power Versus Force by David Hawkins, which I wasn't ready for the first time I read it, but had a profound impact on me because it finally allowed me to understand other people's model of the world and other people's level of consciousness or awareness in a way that opened my eyes much bigger than it did before.
0: Well, Peter, let's end today on Fire Brother with you sharing a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: My parting piece of advice would be this. If you're living your life through what I call swimming in goop, the good opinion of other people, G-O-O-P, you will always be on the back foot and making decisions from fear and scarcity rather than growth, contribution, cooperation, and abundance. In order to stop and get out of goop, recognize that just because you are the star in the movie of your life, nobody else sees you as the star in the movie of your life. Yeah, they, everybody else is a film extra in your movie. But guess what? They see you as a film extra in their movie, not the other way around. So therefore, if you're worried about the good opinion of others, recognize the truth that very, very few people care enough about you to bother to give an opinion because they're too busy being worried about what they think you're thinking of them. And with that amount of freedom, go out and swing the bat.
0: So true. Peter, can you share a good way that we can connect with you or follow what you have going on?
1: Absolutely. My website at petersage.com uh, contains a lot of information about what I do. I, I've got a lot of stuff out on my YouTube channel, which is easy to find. Just type in Peter Sage. And you know I put a lot of resources there to help as many entrepreneurs as I can with a ton of free content and anything I think I could do to add value. And um, yeah, if you want to come and, uh, and play with me on some of the things that I do, it would be a pleasure to serve.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with PS and JLD today so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com just type Peter in the search bar his show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about links, we're talking time stamped notes, these are the best show notes in the biz and of course head straight over to petersage.com to check out what he has going on and all the other places he mentioned as well Peter, thank you brother for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today, for that we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side
1: John, thank you. The the role you're playing and the message you're giving to so many people, I'm in awe of it. Uh, it's something I aspire to. So thank you for playing the role you do too. Wow,
0: Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Peter Sage today. And if he hasn't convinced you that you have big goals, I know that you know that already. So listen, just check out the freedomjournal.com because this is how you can start setting and accomplishing your number one goal in just 100 days. And I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Looking for a powerful web hosting solution and cloud-based productivity tools for your business? Visit hostpapa.com slash fire today and use our exclusive promo code fire to save 15% off their shared web hosting packages. That's hostpapa.com slash fire. Quality candidates who can help you create and grow a successful business are hard to come by. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's
1: ZipRecruiter.com slash fire.